3: Hello and welcome to Diffusion, where we roll up our sleeves and get stuck into the weird and wonderful world of science. I'm Erin Passmore. In this edition, killer robots, spies from Google, and ants. First up, here's the news with Ian Wolfe. (laughs)
1: robots on the rampage? Well, strictly speaking, they're on the battlefield more than the rampage, and most of them are remote-controlled killers rather than robots. The Israeli military have armoured, remotely-operated machine guns called Sea Shoot installed around the Gaza Strip border. Sea Shoot has been developed from mini-Samsons that remotely control a gun turret on light tanks so that soldiers don't have to expose themselves to enemy fire when they fire their own guns. The new remotely operated guns are hooked by optic fibre to a network with battle information from many sensors and a remote human operator. The Israeli Defence Force say they want to keep a human in the loop to avoid risking tragic mistakes. This is the opposite policy to the US. The American Navy are testing the Vertical takeoff and Landing Tactical Unmanned Air Vehicle, VTUAV, commonly known as Fire Scout. It's a three-man helicopter with robot Sensors and targeting laser fitted. An armed version flew itself in December 2006. The reports of large orders of the flying killer robots for the field. The Americans also have remotely operated gun toting land vehicles for Iraq, but humans are still manning the fire button on those. The South Korean Army, in collaboration with Samsung, have developed remotely operated gun stations along the demilitarized zone. They do have speakers, but they don't play MP3s. The system automatically detects targets and can recognise a human face for that perfect assassin's headshot. At present, it alerts a human to make the kill decision. They claim the speakers are for warnings. The system's are $200,000 each. Let's hope nobody at the end of the optic fibre is surfing the net and gets hacked. It's stem cell time again. Those little cells that have the potential to cure every illness or injury by becoming the same as any body cells you need. The only problem has been that the good stuff comes from embryos, and many people have religious objections to destroying a bundle of cells to save the lives of those who actually got born. The holy grail of stem cells is to find a source that doesn't offend anyone's religion by making adult cells into stem cells. In recent years, many people almost got there with skin cells and failed. So close! Nature reports that skin cells from mice have been reprogrammed to become almost the same as embryonic stem cells. If this procedure is applied to humans, then they can use your own skin to make new body cells for a perfect genetic match. And hopefully, nobody will be offended with your cure. Shinya Yamanaka of Kyoto University harvests a type of skin cell called fibroblasts. The fibroblast cells are then infected with a genetically engineered retrovirus. Some retroviruses cause cancer, but they're the best transport for putting the genes you want into cells. The retrovirus has been changed to include four genes that code for transcription factors. These transcription factors tell the skin cell to become a stem cell. Yamanaka calls them induced pluripotent stem cells, or IPS for short. When he introduced IPS last year, everyone was sceptical, and the pluripotent stem cells from skin didn't pass all the tests that embryonic stem cells could pass. This year, the IPS cells did pass all of the tests. They formed colonies... They could propagate continuously, and they could form cancerous growths called teratomas. If you put them with an embryo, when it developed, you can detect DNA from the stem cells in the embryo, mixed in with the embryo's original DNA, just like the real thing. The work has been reproduced by the Whitehead Institute for Biomedical Research in Cambridge, Massachusetts, working with the Harvard Stem Cell Institute and the University of California, Los Angeles. The same four transcription factors converted mouse skin cells into stem cells without destroying any embryos. Yamanaka's success rate is only 0.1% of skin cells turning into stem cells after infection with the virus. So to make harvesting easier, he adds antibiotic resistance to the four genes the virus puts in the cells. Then he can kill off the 99.9% of skin cells that didn't become stem cells, using antibiotics. What's left are usable stem cells... Not only antibiotic-free, but free of any moral stains. The last problem is that despite passing the tests, the skin stem cells aren't perfect. A fifth of the stem cells develop cancer. This is too high for clinical use, even if they succeed in repeating the trick with human cells. Yamanaka suspects that the retrovirus he uses to ferry the genes to make the skin cells into stem cells might itself be causing the cancers. As a result, continuing research into embryonic stem cells is considered absolutely essential. Surveillance technology that tracks the way people move, their gait, is being promoted as a way to explore mental illness and the human condition. Originally, tracking the way you walk and move your body was developed by the US intelligence community to identify people from camera images and work out what they might be planning. The suggestion is that people suffering psychiatric disorders such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and ADHD might perhaps explore new spaces differently than healthy people. Psychiatrists at the University of California, San Diego, were inspired to use behavioural pattern monitoring on humans based on studies of how mice explore strange boxes. The patterns helped researchers understand the effects of drugs they'd fed the mice and genetic modifications they performed on their brain chemistry. Now it's our turn! The life shirt contains accelerometers to record how you move, along with your heartbeat and breathing rate. An overhead camera watches you. As usual in these experiments, the volunteers are lied to. They're told they will take standard psychological tests while being observed with the shirt and the camera. Then they're asked to wait for 15 minutes in a strange room. Naturally, the 15 minutes in the room is the real experiment. While they're in the room, their life shot records their movements, while the overhead camera shows how they explore 10 objects of interest. There's a desk, but no chair. Nobody can stand still for 15 minutes comfortably, so you're forced to move around. People with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder were seen to be more active than healthy people. Hmm. Healthy people start active and then slow down after they get bored. People suffering bipolar disorder were very restless and stayed that way for the whole 15 minutes. Some schizophrenic people explored less than healthy people, and some explored more. This was taken to mean they could be divided into two subgroups, more and less. Drug company researchers have guessed that these subgroups might respond to different medications, depending on whether or not they are more active or less active in the room. So... Instead of tracking enemies of the state, they're diagnosing which drugs to sell you by how fast you move around a room with 10 interesting objects but no chair.
3: And now here's Vanessa Gardos and Tilly Boleyn with more Mad Science.
0: A type of ant under the species name of Echerton burchelli, mm. often called army ants, which march in swarms of up to about 200,000 little ants at once. These poor little ants don't like the paths to be uneven. Mm. So they don't like having to climb over leaves or twigs or finding little holes in the ground. So what they found that these ants actually climb into the little dips in the road and fill them so that all the other ants can have a smooth path.:
4: Wow. Mm.
0: That's amazing. I know, incredible. And who's been studying this? This has been the University of Bristol. That right? is very cool. How great is that?
4: That's, that's phenomenally great. So we've great. got
0: ants sacrificing themselves, and what happens is as they're marching along, they'll, um, they'll, they'll find the holes, and they'll actually test it out to see whether, you know, the first ant that finds it will hop into the hole, brace himself with his little legs, <sighs> find out whether he's a perfect fit for the hole. <sighs> If he's not, he keeps moving and leaves it for someone else to fill.
4: Oh my God. I know. That's so <laughs> that's so cool. It's crazy. Oh, there you go. And where are they found? These,
0: um I think there's are in the UK as well. I'm not actually sure how far widespread these particular ants are. Yeah, right. But the way that they found or they 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 obviously found that the ants did this, and then they tried to study it to see what made the ants fill mm-hmm. in the holes and all sorts of things like that. So they they found the little ants marching along. They got big planks of wood with all different sized holes in them, and just kind of slotted them into the paths, and then observed what the ants did.
4: That's very cool. <laughs> that's that's way cooler than beakers and um. <laughs> I don't know. And test tubes, are. I don't
0: know. So if and there's also some photos of the little ants oh. inside their holes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so type in marching ants and you'll be ants. able to find them. I'm
4: actually going to do that. Mm, I'm, good. I, I hope it's not just because I'm a super nerd. I hope people are, <laughs> I hope other people are like, mm, March your ants, I wouldn't mind seeing some photos of those. Well, it's so cute seeing them in their little holes. You've oh. got the little ants
0: body in the middle and it's what got its legs. What a way a to start spread. a Monday morning.
4: That's oh, great.
0: And they're it. very they're sacrificing themselves for all the do other they die oats. do they die no 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 no,
4: no right, not well totally yeah, the sacrif- no, not, not, yeah. not a massive sac- self sacrifice, but they're letting people walk over them to have two yeah. two hundred thousand ants walking over your back why wouldn't why wouldn't they just you know walk around the holes? <laughs> Is that, is that too much to ask? Is that I too much so. trouble? I think so. Well, you know, if you're marching in
0: a big pack of people, yeah, you look. might not see the whole. Oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> you know, the sales, the Christmas well, sales, he... when you can't see yeah. past the other people, you end up crashing into things all over the place.
4: Yeah, that's true. But imagine looking yeah. down and you're walking over your cousin Maurice <laughs> or whatever. That'd be weird also. You, you'd Thanks for the sacrifice. You quietly over <laughs> yeah. the people that you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then the, I wonder if they looked down and they, you yeah, know, just do a little shifty kick <laughs> if it's someone that they didn't like make sure you stamp hard on the head yeah oh evil evil times and um inventions. Inventions. invention Inventions. yeah the best invention <laughs> yeah this was actually
0: a um a competition that new scientist magazine had inviting readers to win a trip to space Ooh. and to, it to enter all they had to do was answer the question what is the best patented invention and why
4: Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've Did got to you,
0: Tilly. What what do you think's the best invention?
4: Yeah. Um uh,
0: <laughs> and that's tough on a Monday morning
4: Yeah, come on, you didn't even give me any forewarning. You knew it was coming Well, well I knew I you were going to talk about it You certainly didn't run I'm going <laughs> to ask you what's the best invention um, The egg flip The egg flip? Mm-hmm Okay That's pretty good Yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty inventive <laughs> <laughs> The Teflon coated
4: one yeah, 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 definitely Just so, Teflon in general Yeah, you
0: combine two in that one yeah, yeah. Okay yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give you some of the, um, the nominations good. for the Best Invention. Um, we had the paperclip. Oh, paperclip. That's very good. Oh, post-it notes. They're post-it good. Post-it notes, blue tack. Yeah. So they're all pretty simple
4: things, very practical. Yeah, no one's... <laughs> tell me there was something about, you know, saving lives or something. Oh, look, goodness. <laughs> our administration is so much easier since the, <laughs> since the invention the paperclip. of blue tack This, and is, the this paperclip. wasn't the
0: winner yet. You know, these yeah, are okay. just some of the suggestions. Okay. Okay. We had BIROs.
4: Yeah, by Also that good.
0: cheap, reliable, useful kind of thing. Um, computers, the internet, it's mm. changed our li- lives quite dramatically.
4: I can't believe I said the egg flip now.
0: <laughs> well, that didn't come up on the list of the top ones. Well, so you might have had a chance of winning.
4: Yeah, yeah true. It was
0: inventiveness. Um, the flush toilet. Mm, Good. Yeah, pretty useful, saves lives, I guess, sanitation, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, we had one woman that she actually had quite a good good response, so I'm gonna read it out. Her two two best inventions were duct tape and W D forty. Mm. And her little justification was if it doesn't move and it should, go with the W D forty. And if it moves and it shouldn't tape it up with the duct tape.
4: Nice. That was
0: quite clever. That is quite clever. Um what else do we have? Do you know what the cap on the end of a shoelace is called? No. Yeah, it's called an aglet. Wow. That was pretty useful. Otherwise, oh, so you couldn't, you know,
4: trade oh, his shoelaces.
0: Yeah. And we had
4: shoes. shoes. We had the control-alt-delete function on oh, the computer. Oh, the undo function.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there were, you know, kind of some boring ones. The electric guitar, um, jelly babies. Boring. Steam, engine cameras, the oh, steam circuit, engines, cameras, integrated circuit, blah,
4: blah, blah, God, blah. Have you the met wheel? a steam engine enthusiast? They're dangerous lot oh, The wheel. <laughs> the wheel, which, Apparently, sure. I mean, it was only patented
0: in, in Australia in 2001.
4: That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: They're pretty useful, yeah. but the winner, hmm. you want to know? Yes. Drum roll. Yes. The winner was a guy who nominated radio as the greatest <gasps> patent invention of all time.
4: That's fantastic. Look at you. Bill brings it back around. Summing up with a warm feeling inside. I know. Radio is an amazing invention. It is, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm very pleased with it. Gives us so much joy on a Monday morning. (laughs) It sure does. Oh my God, radio. I'm touched. Did he really win? Did he win the trip to. He did. He won the trip. That's great. Nominating radio as the
0: best invention of all time.
4: Oh, and, you know. It's about time too that someone got you know a little bit of space appreciation. I don't know where I'm going with this. That's fantastic. Why didn't we nominate radio? I we know. could have been there. We could have backed it easily. Ah, oh, crap. Next time. Oh, it's next already
0: been done now too. Yeah, it?
4: exactly. Next time. There's not gonna be a next time unless we nominate time travel as the best invention ever. Go back and then nominate radio so that we could go know, I uh, suppose. There's a plan. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us, Vanessa. No problem. And lighting up our radio lives with these Long little tidbits hubby. of <laughs> little tidbits of information on milk and ants and inventions and the goodness of
3: radio. You can hear more of Tilly and Vanessa on the Friday Daily Show, 9 30 AM on 2 SER. You're listening to Diffusion Science Radio. Diffusion at 2SER Brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network.
0: It's the
2: of
3: the sound of science. Science. Now imagine this. Some men in a van are driving down your street. They're photographing you, photographing your car, your house, and then they're posting the images on the web. Well, it sounds terrible, but Google are doing just that with the launch of their new site, Street View. Now, I haven't even heard of Google Street View until today, so I've got Ian and Ed here to fill me in and to fill you guys in on what it's all about. So, Ian, tell me, do. What is Street View?
1: Well, as you say, it's a van at the moment. It's a van going around taking high-resolution photographs, just candidly of whoever's around and whatever they're doing without their permission, and posting them up on the internet. So it's become a sport now for people to scan the Google Street View and look for interesting and unusual things that people have been caught doing. So there's all sorts of views of women in bikinis sunbathing and people climbing walls they shouldn't be chasing and going to houses they shouldn't be at and basically total privacy invasion in the US.
2: This sounds a lot like um, when Google Earth came out. There was people scanning that uh, in quite some detail, looking really closely at Odd patterns in fields and, you know, crop circles. Exactly,
1: exactly. And now you can zoom in. You can look at Google Earth and then zoom all the way to the street level.
2: So it's part of Google Earth, is it? That's it. Right.
1: Yes, and they're only in some places in the US at the moment. Well, thank God for done. that. <laughs> well, but they plan to do the rest of the world, of course, just as they have with Google Earth. So they've got Australia, they've got the UK, they've got Europe and all these places in the world on Google Earth from the satellites. So it's only a matter of time before they go for either the vans or wouldn't it be really useful if they could get closed-circuit television cameras?
2: My goodness. I mean, we the have all
1: these, yeah, we have all these cameras already facing the streets. If only they could get permission to take that footage, which after all was just there begging to be used. Mm. And who knows, it could improve security.
3: So I understand that the big issue with it is privacy. And I don't know if I'm right here, but it sounds like people can have their pictures on the web. I know one I heard of was a lady who is leaning into her car and her G-string is hanging out. And if that was me, I'd be pretty embarrassed. So do they have any say in whether their pictures are on there? Do they have any way of getting their images off if they don't want to be on the web?
1: I think at the moment, while it's experimental and new, they can probably complain to Google, and Google might just listen. But when this is scaled up, and when they've got images from all over the world, and when they have individuals volunteering photographs, you know, this is my house, this is my area, that's the school, um, it's going to be hard to control because there'll be so many of them, it's just too much work.
2: Hmm. One of the uh, highlighted images that these trawlers have found, I saw, was uh, someone, a man, inside his house. Now, he was just standing there, um, looking down at a table or something, something completely innocuous. But, uh, of course, my mind starts to wonder what if he was doing something, anything else.
3: Well, that do you would think people will start doing that? If they, you know, Some, think, yes. If they Americans, think they can yes. be seen on the internet doing something... Awful or kinky. (laughs) Do you think people are going to go for that?
1: Well, some people will be, they're exhibitionists who want to be on, and they're probably already on YouTube, right, or Google Video Mm. or something. So I think if it's a candid shot and you don't know the pictures are being taken, you're probably going to want to draw your curtains and you're going to start being wary of the satellites or the planes flying overhead that are photographing the streets as well. I mean, that's a good point. Google Earth, there were women on hotel pools, on the rooftop mm. hotel pools, um, bathing toplets, and they probably didn't want their toplets pictures on the internet.
2: No. But then Google did advertise when they were taking, what was it, they were the particular high-res photographs of Sydney. Ah. They um, put out advertisements and saying, you know, do something spectacular, uh, but then uh, the the plane... Didn't come. Yes, it was diverted. It wasn't allowed.
3: Yes, I was. I don't know what happened, but I was down at the beach waiting for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so this van driving around is that labelled a Google van? Do we know?
3: It would have to be, otherwise it would look like creepy guys playing women <laughs> van. in the street. Yeah, It'd be
1: almost. What can you imagine? I mean, this is what we're talking about with a company doing it. What would you think if it was the government doing it instead? That would be a completely different story. Are you sure it's a completely different story? That was ah. sarcastic.
3: <laughs> Is this a conspiracy theory, mm.
1: Well, I reckon Google's a real company doing real stuff. But can you imagine what a tempting target it would be for some intelligence agency to either, either just directly take it over or to infiltrate it? I mean, if I was the NSA, I'd want to infiltrate Google.
2: Or a plain white van marked France's Books International.
1: Besides, Google don't want people suddenly looking up, right? They want the streets as you might find them. They want candid shots.
3: They don't want people with hi-mum posters. (laughs)
1: Mm. That would be a good response, though. I mean, if we had a hi-mum campaign, would that be a way of sort of getting back at Google?
3: (laughs) But I think what you're tapping into there is something really useful, that they could be using it for security. If you think they would have these cameras going around filming the streets all the time, People who instead of looking for women in bikinis and with their G-strings hanging out, they could also be vigilant for sort of people who might be a terrorist or people who are looking suspicious, and people could harness that.
1: Neighbourhood watch on the net. Yeah. People with a particular gait. People people with a particular gait. People doing things that are totally legal, but they really don't want anyone to know because they like a private life. Mm -hmm.
2: Who are these people? God, how dare (laughs) they?
1: You might not want everyone to know whether you've just started a relationship with someone because you don't know where it's going to go. You might not want everyone to know if you're pregnant, if you're not sure that the pregnancy is going to go all the way through. You might not want them to know about your medical history.
3: Oh, if you're filmed walking into the pregnancy clinic. Yes. And it's on the web for everybody to know. Yes. But that,
2: that, in fact, is one of the other pictures, is a man walking <laughs> towards a... Uh, a no. it's, uh Yeah, a brothel.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh I thought you were going to say and pregnancy clinic.
2: No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something newsworthy, but uh, this particular man, I think the photograph is in enough detail that you can, um, I think, or just tell who he is or legally identify him.
3: My goodness.
2: That's scary.
3: It becomes a whole new world of private eyes, I think, mm. rather than just sort of following someone. You just look them up on Google Earth or Google Street View.
2: Well, I'd like to know what this is going to turn into. I mean, these pictures are up there right now. And well, does is this man currently in the process of suing Google? Or?
1: Don't know yet. It's still early days. But mm. the question is, um, I think, privacy. Should we try and keep it or should we just give up and realise that everything about us is going to be on the net and everyone's going to know everything? Mm. Is it worth trying to fight for?
2: Particularly good novel I read about that, The Light of Other Days.
1: I just read the same book.
2: Did you really? Did. Arthur C. Clarke, Stephen Very Baxter? Good where all privacy goes out the window. Anyone can watch anyone at any time in and the past they or future. just adapt Yeah,
1: or go crazy. Mm.
3: I think everyone with Google Earth or Street View now will think, well, that's a great idea until they're on it. That's mm. it. <laughs> you know, yeah. until there's you with your G-string hanging out and you can't get the picture off, everyone will think it's great fun.
1: Yeah, That's exactly right. You don't necessarily want someone taking pictures through your bathroom window.
3: But you want to be able to look at everyone else in their bathroom.
1: Maybe not everyone. <laughs> uh.
3: And that's all from us in this edition of Diffusion. If you would like to contact us, if you have feedback, comments, suggestions or wild passionate praise, then email to diffusion at 2 That's diffusion at 2 Or subscribe to our podcast on our website, www.diffusionradio.com. Contributing to the program were Ian Wolfe, Ed Pollitt, Tilly Boleyn and Vanessa Gardos. Diffusion has been produced and panelled by Ian Wolfe and Ed Pollitt in the studios of 2SER Sydney. Diffusion is broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. I'm Erin Passmore. Join us at the same time next week for more amazement and amusement right here on Diffusion Science Radio.